You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Can't get enough of Cthulhu in Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to what is possibly the most, um, well, the most challenging and exciting episode of Cthulhu in Cairo slash Operation Poltergeist we have ever tried to undertake. I have all nine, uh, all eight players here, plus myself, and we are going to do this assault on Ayers Rock and try to bring some closure to this chapter and find out exactly what the team needs to do. But to do it, they knew they needed help and they reached out via radio and called in Sid and his team. So we're going to get into that in a moment, but I cannot do this without at least introducing everyone and letting them tell you quickly again about their character. If you're new to the show or trying to pick it up for origins uh, after Bridget Jeffries jaunt last week, this would be the next show you hear. So if you're look, picking it up from this point, um, I just want to let everybody go through, give you a very, very brief description of who they are, who they play, and what their role is in the team. So why don't we just go across the top of the board as we're set, and we'll start with the lovely and talented Catherine Ross. Lauren, how are you today, by the way? How's everything this evening? I am doing absolutely great. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this recording for weeks now. <laughs> um, I've wanted to play with the Poltergeist crew since the show started, so I, I'm, I'm just very excited little bit about me um if you don't and by me i mean Catherine. if you don't already know Catherine, what are you doing here go back to episode one don't start here turn back now um, <laughs> yeah, okay good luck with that <laughs> <clears throat> i am the nurse with no bedside manner i like pina coladas getting caught in the rain and just resting bitch face to the max to the 10th degree my friends you you wrote rupert holmes i like pina coladas <laughs> in 1933 okay listen okay I like it. It's good. Catherine's no one-hit wonder, though. No, no, no. She's not. No. She's going to do a, no. a backup to that. Yeah. <laughs> she also called... wrote uh, "Johnny Be Good." Johnny Be Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when goats cry. <laughs> oh, that's a good one for the keeper, huh? Okay, you, you'll get that reference later on as we go on. And yeah. sitting next, to, sitting next to on our screen next to Catherine is Scott, who plays our uh, Russian. Well, our Russian gentleman, Vadim, Vadim Gavrilov. So, Scott, how are you? He's the Ruski. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Vadim? Uh, Vadim, Vadim Gavrilov. He is a um, he is a Russian uh, underworld crime boss, smuggler extraordinaire. Not a fan of the uh, of the uh, the powers that be in his homeland, and works to uh, subvert that through his uh, his criminal uh, actions. Uh, he fell in with the group. Became somewhat protective of them, has had some family ties coming involved that have kind of emotionally bonded him uh, to this uh, this common cause uh, that everybody is uh, has taken. So uh, so Vadim is ready. Vadim is ready. Vadim was also blessed by Rasputin. Uh, in a, in a, you see in what? A no, no, he's, he's still, his, you, you, his, you, you, you confuse him for his children. Yes, but yes, I mean the blessing went over the. It, listen, if Rasputin gives you. A, Whoever right. that is, he's, yeah, he yeah. he throws it all over. It's not just it's, it's right. not one person. It hits the whole the whole thing. He gesticul uh, he gesticulated in your general direction. It was the thing. Gesticulated thing. is that a word I'm not familiar with. <laughs> it sounds like you you need to wash mouth with soap. 
Yes. So we have a, ca- a person who actually plays two characters. The original Sidney Poulter of Cthulhu and Cairo, now of Poltergeist, and Jack Cavendish, um, who is part of uh, Cthulhu and Cairo. And that's Joel. Joel, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling a little uh, bipolar at the moment. Uh, in my head, I've got I've got Sid talking in my head, and I've got Jack talking in my head, just waiting to torture Amanda. So I thought, um, I thought you were going to say Jack speaking from my zipper, um, because yeah. Jack is a little bit more. <laughs> Amanda's just about that. Jack's a little bit more, um, you know, primally from from the chi point down by He's the name. Primally motivated. He is he is a great white hunter in absolutely every possible way. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Sid is Sid's back with the team, and it's this is going to be a big homecoming for Sid. It hasn't. It's been cr- good gravy. It's been about seventy hours of episodes since they've seen Sid, except for Ella. Ella's actually the only one who's run into him. So this is going to be a big, big moment for them for the team tonight. It'll be all right. We'll be excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, maybe catch some catch some eyes. Uh, maybe a hugger here too. A squeeze. Right, and that's beyond Yonish. So that's great. Okay, so moving to the ne- moving to the next person is Ella Walcott, played by Kayla. And Ella, if you were able to listen to the last episode with Bridget Jeffries, who kind of did a summary episode, Ellen, Kayla, you knocked it out of the park. Ella was amazing that night. Uh, really, really did well. How are you tonight? And why don't you give us a little bit about Ella Walcott and tell us a bit about her. Um, for the atrocities that are ahead, I have my heating pad. I've got my beverage i have all of my books and my many things that i love so kayla is going to be fine she's got all her mental health helps um ella on the other hand um for all of you who don't know or haven't been listening uh ella is the cult hunter with a foresight into the past she can read objects with her clairvoyance and figure out where they have been who they have touched and how it affects the general present um, she is quite flighty, and more than that, she makes Catherine uncomfortable, and most of the people on this team uncomfortable. So how th- is the Operation Poltergeist team going to handle it? We don't know. Um, it, we'll find out tonight. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, they have a Yonish, so they're, they're a little bit used to some of the magical stuff. Some of the, some of the little... No, he- Catherine, the put your hand changes. down. You've had your chance to talk. <laughs> no, Catherine I just, I, I kind of hope that someone on the Poltergeist crew is slightly unnerved by Ella. I want us to all be friends and work together cohesively, but I just want someone to be a little unnerved by her so I can go, see, see? And it's not just will... me. You want to be vindicated? Yes. You want vindication from strangers. Yes. yes. Absolutely. That's Catherine's goal in life. Uh, the next player is Melinda Ballard, who has been part of the show since day one, obviously. Uh, Melinda's also done a lot of production work for us. How's How are you today, Melinda? Melinda plays Faye, so... <laughs> without going into <laughs> without explaining every scar on your body i think you carry the most external scarring we're not talking about the interior scars right either. we won't go that way how are you tonight and how's Faye doing tell us a little bit about Faye. i'm doing great so Faye is the um five foot archaeologist um also known as the rhino because despite being five foot she loves to headbutt she's really good at it um I honestly, I'm looking at my sheet right now, and I'm just amazed at how much my brawl has gotten better as, like, the <laughs> campaign has gone on. Um, but yeah, it's, I have, for those who have been longtime listeners and for those who are joining, um, Faye has gone through, I don't think there's a not scarred part of my body. We're going to see if we're going to add more scars. We're going to see if this is finally the thing that kills me, because I think that something really lame is going to kill me. <laughs> 
Right. Like I'm going to drown by accident. In a tub. Yeah, in a tub. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. But we'll see. But we will see. Uh, that's that's great. And next to her, the well, the ranking officer of Operation Poltergeist, Amanda, who plays Charlie. Yeah, you're the yeah. Calloway. People just bear with me on that Come one. On, it man. still gets me. So Major <laughs> Charlie Calloway, <laughs> Amanda, how are you tonight? And can you tell us a little something about Charlie? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, Charlie is a um, Southern gentleman from Virginia, and he somehow got himself entangled in this uh, ragtag group of guys that he is already super in love with, would do anything for, literally will sacrifice a child for. So he will literally do anything to save these guys and to be a part of the team. And to make sure that he is joining them and leading the team properly. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, American soldier, though, right? You were. He Charlie's, is. Yeah. Charles American. Yeah. Well, from Virginia. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. So, uh, yeah, definitely the ranking officer of the squad, and probably giving us a lot of insight into that military tactics stuff as we go forward with those dice rolls and and all the the. Uh, the research we've done thanks to certain members of the team, which is fine. That's how it works. So sitting next to Charlie is Yonish Istin Hedgy. I've got that name down because he has it typed right over the top of him. <laughs> and uh, that's playing, uh, being played by Brian. How are you today, sir? I am well, thank you. And what can you tell us about Yonish? Yonish is originally from Hungary. Uh, he's about in his late thirties now. And at a young age, he was sent uh, to study under some tutors who got him interested in some Kabbalistic arts, and that led him to some esoteric things. Uh, but he got more excited about psychic, psychical research and mental abilities. And when the Great War came, uh, he was in America studying at going through several different universities, one of them rather prominent in uh a little town called Arkham in Massachusetts for a while and several other schools. And then the war destroyed his family's fortune. So he ended up using some of his skills and abilities and developed a, uh, a stage show for the vaudeville and became known as the amazing Kristoff, the mentalist and used his abilities. And for, the next 15, 20 years, traveled across the States and across Europe, uh, developed somewhat of a reputation as a dilettante, uh, living out of his attache and his suitcase. He speaks multiple languages, um, never had any military experience, so he was a little bit confused when he was approached to join Operation Poltergeist. But uh, it soon became obvious some of his talents and some of his skills, how they would put it to use. So he's still learning and getting used to all of the uh, things that happen in that type of lifestyle. But uh, he's getting there. Yeah, doing very good. And he's been a big asset. Uh, so um, whoever, what, the man who brought him in, may he rest in peace, uh, Hector Reed, wherever he is in the jail cell, uh, may, may he be you know, forever remembered fondly by the rest of the team um and finally last but not least our consummate killer uh the man who can hit a squirrel holding a dime at 500 <laughs> yards 
and then hit the dime before the dime hits the ground. Chuck Falloway. How are you tonight, Steve? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about the killer uh, Canadian? Oh, where to start? He's a Can I it, Can I just say that he's the real MVP of this team? Is he? Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, no pressure. Um, uh, yeah, he's a yeah. Where to start? He's an absolute mountain of a Canadian mountain man, uh, a loving father, uh, a doting uh, husband, um, killer of many, a likely war criminal, um, <laughs> likely war criminal. <laughs> who am I to judge? You know, but. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, he's just here to have a good time. He's heard a lot of weird things about, you know, Australian wildlife. I, he heard something about shooting some lizards. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. So, uh, yeah, he's locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah, and he's uh, – that's that's his game. That's that's his big uh, – that's his big game. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, uh, welcome, everyone. And, again, as a keeper, to pull something like this off with uh, eight people is going to take a little bit of coordination – Please be patient with us. If something if goes awry, like we all just start busting out laughing for 10 minutes, we will edit as much of it out as we can. Um, occasionally, we do just let the handy happen. That's a hashtag, by the way. So if you don't know that, check us out on Patreon. You'll learn all about how the handy happen and why that's important. Um, but for, but we we're going to get started. I we'll forgot about the, the uh, handy happening. Operation Poltergeist. Yes, that is, a, that is an army thing from Poltergeist. We talk like that over there. We're, we're, this is where the... Where the real people go, where the where the leathernecks hang, not like that's disgusting. That's a nickname, the leathernecks. They're the Marines. Flyers. Flyers. No, I'm, I'm being in character. I'm with Catherine. That's that's gross. It's, it's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So here's how it here's how it sets up, gang. At the um, beginning of March, Parsons Gallows, the team of uh, Cthulhu and Cairo has been there for several days, waiting on additional information to come through after a meeting with. Dr. Um, Kamalo saying that you know she cleared everyone for action. She believes that these things are real. She knows that you're dealing with something. All of you cannot be telling the same story and being that believable so that she's aware that there is this grand threat to the world. She reported back to both uh, the Cobalt Club and Section M that as far as she was concerned, you're it. You know, there's nobody else here to do this right now. You're onto something. Uh, you definitely have the trauma and scars that show that you're onto something. And uh, it's been a few days. And on the morning of the 4th of March, uh, you he- wake up to the sound of it's early morning. The cockerels have already been, you know, letting out their morning song. But uh, about 45 minutes after that, you hear the familiar sound of a of a plane, uh, potentially dual engine. You think you're not quite sure, but just come over the top of sound starts to fade but then you hear it start to bank and outside of town about half a mile plane with two big rotary propellers lands and yeah you hear it come down you know you hear it actually not not crash but come down in for a landing it's a rare day in parsons gallows because it actually is drizzling uh it's spitting on and off which doesn't happen except in the rut season normally but for today you are getting a little bit of rain so this is pretty early for them but that's where we're at, and the sun is up. I mean, it's it's you know through some clouds, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely an odd day for them, and they're all kind of they've they've you know noted it and things like that. So, Poltergeist team, you're disembarking from the plane. Boxes of gear being helped off by other by other men. Remember, Australia gained its independence in 1931. It's still 
considered itself um, uh, a friendly nation, an allied nation, um, not a commonwealth anymore. They had declared independence, but their military was not really in full swing. So the British were still there helping them just guard shores and monitor and things. That doesn't, they don't actually even until like the 60s when Australia becomes its own, its own entity. So, um, but they did have, they did have a parliament starting. So yeah, this is, this is foreign soil. The British can be here, but kind of don't want to tell them what's going on. They're a little bit sketchy. So that plane wants to get up off the ground very quickly. So everybody joining in to get the stuff out of the plane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Jonas just lifting yeah. it with his mind, I'm sure. Jonas just like walking with it like Dr. X. <laughs> Professor X just carrying it out. Just <laughs> dig in and get it off in nice organized piles. Yeah. So you got five or six big crates, one marked landmines, another marked grenades, you know, just spelled the French way. Uh, whatever they call them. But with yeah, they've <laughs> with an H. <laughs> and uh, all that stuff, all that gear comes off. And Cairo team. Anybody getting up especially for this? Is anybody not? Is this something exciting? Is this something that would keep Catherine in bed with an extra? Does Catherine go down for an extra long island iced tea? Just be like, I don't know who just arrived, but it can't be good. I don't know what Catherine's. Um, I feel like Catherine and I are probably excited, right? Like anytime we hear a plane, we're like, it's them. Can we get out? (laughs) Bring Um, the sack of cash. We're going home. (laughs) So due to the weather... Um, it's like, ooh, it's not like sweltering and sunny and dry. Catherine has been enjoying a cigarette and a coffee on the porch. Okay. Um, of the of Midge's tavern. Mm-hmm. You know, just waiting for the plane. Like, when is it gonna get here? Jesus, it's not like they have far to travel. It's just Australia. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> they only stop for gas nine times. It's it's not like I have I haven't read the same like smutty novel eight times because I have nothing else to do. Let's go. I'd be afraid to read the border comments. Like, <laughs> what Catherine, yeah. Catherine's got like a rating a scale notes. on the pages. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of yeah. thoughts on this. A lot of thoughts on this one. Misplaced <laughs> comma and way too much groping. Um, no, use it, a different verb. <laughs> that's how, that's, how that's, naughty can Jane Austen be? <laughs> and that all, that's favorite. an inside joke, Kayla. I didn't say it though. <laughs> oh my God. Just... All right. Edit so Catherine is so... Catherine's having a cigarette. Yeah. Um, Vadim, have you woken? Have you been asleep at all and not smoked? I mean, I know you smoke pretty much when you're sleeping too, right? Is that being a Russian? Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> in expectation of uh, of uh, of a a military force coming in that he is somewhat suspicious of. He's been up all night. Yes, okay. smoking his horseshit Russian cigarettes too. But uh, um, yeah, no, he's 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 probably outside as well. If uh, if Ella is inside, that's fine. He's uh, he would be outside. You know. Keeping company with Catherine, which just means he's sort of slinking uh, behind her nervously and making her feel awkward. Okay, well that's not hard to do. Dude, like, why why are <laughs> no. you back there? Dude, like, you're right there. There's there's enough railing. Like... <laughs> just smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Jack Cavendish? Where's Jack right now? Um, I'm. I always uh, saw Jack as sort of an early riser or early up. So uh, I'm thinking that uh, Jack would be on the porch. Uh, with a bottle of gin, some, a glass, and reading probably the same paper he's read seven times. You know, it's a leg crossed, just kicked back very gingerly to uh, Jack, 
Jack's already on the gin at seven in the morning. Wow. Well, it's, you know, we're in Australia, so technically things are reversed. So I believe this is 7 p.m. It's completely normal to be drinking at 7 a.m. because it's technically 7 p.m. I mean, I'm only going to have one drink today. It's going to just last all day. It's so winter on the other side of the world, so it's time to drink. <laughs> we're awake, aren't we? Is that a breeze? Get me a gin. All right. So Jack's on the porch with a GNT. Vadim's on the porch with a horseshit cigarette, and Catherine was trying to read a smut mo- novel. Can't get that done. Ella, where were you? Actually, Ella's been awake all night because, again, she's still having issues with the darkness. She's had, okay. she's burned through multiple candles, oil lamps, whatever Madge has got for lighting. If they and li- like, if there's a lights out thing, she'll burn candles and oil lamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so she's been up all night and she's watching the sunrise. And now she- as they're coming in. She's probably going to go to bed some point midday, but no, she's just enjoying the rising of the sun and saying a prayer to her gods. Okay. All right. So she's up in her room, but she's aware of that people are out in the front. She can hear people kind of whisper and talking yeah. uh, through the open window because you've been keeping mm-hmm. the windows open because you said you needed that con- feeling of less confinement, right? Yep. Okay. And finally, Faye. Where is where is Faye? Let me ask Faye. Have you slept? Why, yes, actually, I was thinking about this while everyone was going through their thing. And I'm like, you know, would I be up? And maybe. But if we've been here for a few days and we're really not sure, you know, when they're going to come in phase asleep. I'm dead asleep. I am. I'm my I'm I'm mouth open, drooling, slightly snoring asleep in mine and Catherine's room. Head crusted to the pillow. Yeah. It's like, you know. (laughs) My, my like feet are half out. I'm like, it's, you're like for such a small woman, how is she taking up that much bed? Right. Yeah. The physics of it don't make sense, but she's in a king bed God, taking no. up the whole thing at five foot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Starfish. Yeah. She punts me to the corner. It's terrible. It's amazing. And I don't wake up for it. <laughs> no. Take that, Catherine. That's Take not that what bitch. I heard. <laughs> Enough out of you. Let that be, Jack. God damn it. All right, so the team is, most of them are on the front porch. Several are upstairs in their rooms. One in prayer, one in dreaming. But uh, Poltergeist team, uh, Yonish, Chuck, Charlie, and Sid, you're carrying what you can. You know, you've stacked as many of these boxes as you can. Some of them are rather heavy, but you're you're managed to get, you know, everything sliding in towards town. Uh, You know, uh, the three of you do see them struggling as if anybody wants to, make their way out and help. That's fine. Um, Catherine, you could probably put the landmines on your back and just bring it in because you're tall and, and incredibly strong. But that's okay. You do what you want. Listen. The, uh, the town has like a cart or wagon, right? Yeah. If anybody was awake to bring it out to them. I mean, th- that's the old guy. He Remember, he hasn't been too well since the whole Yeah. I almost got thrown out of a truck thing. He's been doing. I'll but you can find a wagon. Yeah. yeah. I'll go help. If there's a wagon to be had, I'll go help carry a box. All right. Yeah. Catherine, give me a uh, give me a roll, please. Give me a, a um, spot I hidden. A, I get a roll. Amazing. Well, I mean, you didn't react the way I thought, so we're gonna spot hidden that roll. Um, forty three. That is a regular success, sir. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Catherine sets her coffee down, stubs her cigarette out on the railing, and takes off at a dead neck sprint. Poltergeist team, what you see is a very utilitarian, almost Catherine Hepburn dressed woman, about five foot eight, rather shapely, just 
barreling towards Sid at a run, not saying anything. And Sid, if you're carrying a box, you're not anymore. Just dive hug. I I would say that uh, Sid probably, I don't think it'd be possible not to see her coming. There's probably noise associated. (laughs) So he probably just gets this very large shit-eating grin, puts his boxes down, and uh, he puts his arms out and waits. Okay. So the, uh, the, the music starts Chariots of Fire. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god don't bring your wedding song into this Sid, I, I, are, is there something we should know are the little ones about that's uh that's Catherine ross there i think i've mentioned her before tougher than steel but a bit of toffee pudding on the inside where's that music coming from toffee pudding that was a nice thing to say no like she she lovingly like punches him in the shoulder shut up it a letter? That's it? No phone calls? No. He just no. grins at her and says, so you got the letter then. I wasn't sure if you'd get it. Yes, I got the letter. Yes, I Yes, I got the letter. Uh, Faye is asleep. Ella is inside doing God knows what. Come, come. Let me introduce you to the other gentleman that... Well, let, 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 I'm excited. I am. But let's not abandon me, me mates here. Let's, let's oh, grab right. some boxes and oh, I'll there's, keep oh, home. Maybe, there's you know, other people here. Hi. Other folks <laughs> um, to help out. Chuck's like, oh. <laughs> oh there. How you doing there, eh? I, I look back. I say, you know, this is this is Chuck Falloway. This is um, uh, Charlie Calloway. And, uh, whoa, whoa. This, whoa. Chuck's, Chuck squared? What? Yeah, it, yes, it, it is rather confusing at times, mm. but one's a Yank and one's a Canadian, so there's that. And then, right. uh, and this Canadian. is Yonish, who's uh, Eastern European, so good luck understanding that that Plan. name and uh, accent. Ms. Gents, Rolls. this is this is Catherine Ross. Miss Ross, Yonish Ishtenhedji, Yonipolkavanyu. You're the way Sid spoke of you falls short. I'm glad to make your acquaintance. Thank you. Careful now, mate. And Charlie Charlie gives her a quick salute, but he's cataloging all of the stuff that they've unloaded off and making sure everything is, is there. So and, he gives yeah, a quick you, salute. And... Yep, you got that, uh, Charlie, and you also have Emmett, uh, Land, Professor, you know, Dr. Landry with you. Uh, Catherine, the spot hidden wasn't just for Sid. That was obvious. You, you notice that Emmett Landry is carrying an old box. An old box that you can't quite place, but thinks look familiar. Hmm. Who's the Who's the guy? That that was to Sid quietly. Do I know who this guy is? is Emmett, Emmett Landry. Uh, she's referring the, the, to Emmett, the doctor that came that was told that the Poltergeist team would go. He would go with them to help perform the ritual. Time and space. Time and space. They did thing. not talk at all on the plane. So this is uh, this is Doctor Landry. He, he's he says he's a doctor. I'm not really sure, honestly. Um, I don't I'm think right he's here. a your caliber. But uh, he came he came along uh, to help out as well. Um, uh, doctor Landry, uh, this is Catherine Ross, the the best field doctor you'll ever meet. Oh, Miss Ross, an absolute honor. Uh, Emmett Landry. Uh, if I, I I I see your friend here. Um, hello, I'm over here. If you wouldn't mind, sir. Emmett, I see, you see Vodum coming with the cart. Um, Jack, are you co- coming with Vodum as well to help out loading everything into the cart? Yeah, he'll walk over slowly. All right. So the two. So 
Uh, gentlemen, thank you ever so much. If you, uh, right here, please. Uh, this, I think, uh, well, Miss Ross, uh, could you just, would you mind, just for a moment? And he is, tries to Is he the trying box. to hand me the box? Yeah, he's gra- going to grab other stuff. He's like, it's, it's just needs to be not jostled. Books and things and secrets and, well, that's in the other one. Um, this one, though, is very important. Careful, could be grenades. Never know. Right. Um. <laughs> We're going to say that Catherine takes the crate and oh, starts walking towards him. <laughs> yeah. Takes the crate and starts well, walking. She recognized the crate and, oh, I, I, oh, wait, I, I'll be back. <laughs> that would be Catherine. If there is anything of any sort of suspicious nature, Shade is staying far from her. There's a reason why she's still alive after all of these <laughs> yeah. years. All right, so the rest of the gear goes in. Yeah. I wouldn't be <laughs> put my crate down. What the hell? <laughs> Thanks for bringing a thing out to meet us. I mean, it's only about 800 pounds of shit. Uh, yes, so the... Well, <laughs> Vodham pulls up the cart. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Vodham pulls the cart up and puts it in front of them and then stands there next to the cart. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure most of our crates are marked with the broad, the broad arrow of the uh, Ministry of Defense or the War Department. Bottom's so, like, when you get to unload it, we'll, we'll get it back. It is great. <laughs> you should be able to move it. It'll be easy. It has wheels, not like these. I toss um, my crate full of landmines onto the back. Absolutely. Okay, so everybody gets that stuff. And Ella, you and Faye good, good. are now. Toss landmines. Very smart. <laughs> you and uh, Ella are, uh, Ella, you and Faye are now awake and coming, you know, making your, getting your ablutions and getting dressed, Actually, I'm sure. I'd like to wake her because when I hear the plane, I would probably go get her and then okay. just real quick, five second thing. She doesn't even knock at this point. Um, no she... boundaries? <laughs> no boundaries. She has no boundaries. She's been in a cave. She's had too many. Um, she has no boundaries before. Amen. Uh, grabs her hand and sends like a jolt of her psychic brain into her through her abilities like wake up <laughs> gentle wake up a gentle wake up okay yeah well the second that you take her hand um Faye shoots up and she goes what oh jesus christ okay look i know that you're still a little wigged out and i get right here. it you have to be more specific than that sid chuck charlie yonish Okay, I didn't hear anything after Sid. Thank you. Faye is going to uh, get up and she's going to look around really fast for her stuff, like her clothes, because she lives in a constant state of disorganization. So she's looking around. She's like, where the fuck is my jacket? Where's my jacket? Uh, Back in the chair, darling. Thank you. Where are my pants? And Underneath the bed. Thank you, my love. I'm just going to get ready really quickly and then i guess we'll go outside to join the rest of the group all right so in the in the slight drizzle it's it's that drizzle that doesn't soak you through it for, unless you're out in it for an hour but it's enough to just you know your hair gets starts to get a little damp everybody is everybody's now making their way into town with all the gear and the pieces Catherine, i because you left i i, I just figured you would have picked up the box at that point um sure it, i mean i i'm the box gives me bad vibes but yeah, sure. I'll take okay. the box. My all life right. is bad vibes. There you go. So this all gets into the middle of town, um, pulled up alongside that. You know, they somebody brings out a tarp. They cover the, the the wagon over so 
prying eyes, you know, one of the 25 that live here or the train people when they get, you know, when the train comes through, which isn't due today. So you should be fine. Uh, when all that starts to happen, at least it's covered and it doesn't have all the stencil of, you know, military hardware or whatever it would say, um, you know, you know, danger, but it's okay. It's, you know, stuffed animals, dangerous stuffed animals, something like that. Um, you guys make your way into midges. She's already got lots of coffee brewing. Uh, you know, she's working up some sort of a breakfast for everybody. Flapjacks, whatever they pass for some sort of a breakfast meat in Australia. It's probably beef related. And uh, she's getting all that settled together. Could be uh, roux. Could be roux. Roux right. doesn't taste too bad. Okay. Might be beef. <laughs> Maybe roux. The, uh, and down the stairs comes Faye and Ella. Everyone's in the ma- you know this main part of the, the room. Uh, and uh, Catherine, the, the, Dr. Landry brings in another box that's rattling a little bit as he walks in. And as he puts his down, he's like, oh. Thank you, Miss Ross. I'll take her. <laughs> she doesn't hint. She doesn't like. You ever see the where it's like, no, 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 you can't have this yet. Moment. Like, excuse yeah. me. Uh, 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 Sydney runs over and whisks her away quickly to to a side. That, with the me, box in her hands? No, no. Just give him the box. Give him the box. We'll, we'll come over here. I'll explain. You'll explain everything. What? What are you talking about? Just come with me. Come with me. She follows Sid, but, you know, it's it's as if you've dunked her in ice cold water. Sid she immediately lights a happy. cigarette and burns half of it down in one thing. <laughs> it's Davina. Why on our good Lord's green earth did you bring that well, thing? First, first, before you stop punching me, you must know that it was not my idea. Okay, you know, I know what we went through and I know specifically what you went through because I was there with you. I wouldn't put you through that again, but I'm just one of many. And unfortunately, now that I've been forced to reenlist, I'm I'm a member of Her Majesty's government. And so I'm sort of obliged, as it were. I don't know exactly what they have planned, but it don't smell too good. So, Faye, you see, Sid. Ella, you see Sid. Then you see the rest of the team. Uh, you see a handsome major. Charlie, are you in uniform or are you more? Uh, I mean, it's uh, it wouldn't be uncommon. I mean, out here, you're not going to be running into anybody who wouldn't care if you're in uniform. So, are you wearing uh, you wearing your hat and everything of of, of office, your rank? No. Oh, no. so you're dressed like a civvy. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what about you, Chuck? You in the you in the full uh, full, full greens? Oh yeah. Full, full flannel. flannel. Yeah. In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a ball not, of sweat he didn't know he's not doing great but <laughs> it's like hey cotton. is it is anyone else sweating like crazy is anyone else cotton breathes don't right. told you not to wear leather in the jungle oh that's um, crazy oh okay uh i might need to i might need to do a resupply somewhere. go to hutch hutches but he's back in darwin yeah, great. So okay, <laughs> he has two colors of khaki <laughs> and five scarves. The uh, so yes, Faye, Ella, what are you doing when you see Sid and the rest of the team arriving? They're now in the room. I see that Catherine and Sid are in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, so it looks really I, intense. Yeah, very intense conversation. So I go towards the others. Um, I immediately lock eyes with Yonish again, remembering that he's the guy that we got the same aura. So. I go, hello, 
Nice to see everyone again. How are you? Welcome to Australia. Uh, shall I shall I delight you in some tea or coffee or perhaps gin? Apparently, it's very popular here. A pimp's cup would be nice. It's never too early for a pimp's cup. Well, what's a pimp's cup? I, I I'm I'm unaware with that phrase. Oh. <laughs> Can everyone well, tell? Kayla it? doesn't drink tea. <laughs> yes. Oh, pimp's cup. Uh, some of the best gin ever made, oh. and uh, a little bit of. Uh, Lemonade and a slice or two of cucumber, actually. I don't think we have cucumber with Madge, but hey, we'll ask. You can tell we'll Lauren ask. doesn't. Oh, Pimps Cup. I thought he said Pims like the tea. No, oh. oh, Pims, P I M S. Actually, if you have Pims gin, it's more, more correct. It's all the rage back in the continent. Hmm. Interesting. Me and uh, Chuck? Chuck? Anything? Oh, that, I mean, that sounds great. I'd take one of those. Okay, again, Cucumber, cucumbers no. may be hard to come by. <laughs> Do we have pickles? I'd take a, I mean, we, if we got pickles, like, sounds just No, no, pickles, the, the vinegar and pinnacle, pickles would ruin it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Gentlemen, yes. I, I swear right, hold, by hold the pickle, then. Fantastic uh, stuff. Oh, this is Jack. <laughs> this is Jack. Um, Jack. Jack Cavendish, yes. He's our resident rifleman and great dear friend. Oh, very much a pleasure to meet well, you. Well, Chuck, you two should have much in common. Very Absolutely. And you know, have you, hey, hey, Sid, have you met my friend Sid? Sid, come here. Uh, no, I, I've heard much about him, but I, I've never quite, I've never quite met him. Okay, you know what, you two, you two should talk sometime. I think you'd have a lot in common. Do you? I, I hear he's kind of common, actually. <laughs> That'd be a great conversation. I think he's in the middle of something with dear Catherine. No, but Sid, Charlie... oh, is that, is that no, him Sid, there? Shut up, shut, whatever you're doing, shut up. Come here, Sid. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're doing, stop right now. Drop whatever you're holding. Sid looks over his shoulder, sort of concerned. <laughs> now, come here. Yeah, we're meeting all the guys. Listen, the weird mate, thing is Jack's sho- Jack looks over his shoulder almost at the exact same moment. <laughs> yeah. Listen, mate, I'm kind of in the middle of something very important here right now. Yes, I, I see wait. him. Great white hunter, very exciting. Nice to meet you, lad. So Jack, say hi. Yes, well, hello there. Yes, he doesn't seem very interested, I must say. Uh, I do right, like the mustache, though. The size of, I don't know, it's like a walrus or something. You it's could pocket car. Indeed. Yeah. It, it was quite magnificent when last we met. But um, Charlie, Charlie, I did not get your drink order. I don't want to be rude. Um, Charlie will just reach over and grab the bottle of gin and just take a, a little swig down oh, and oh. set it back oh. on the table. I'm You're sharing I'm backwash. He's Wonderful. Be- He's going back. No, no, no. Like, picked it up. Like, didn't put it to the mouth. That gross. Didn't put it to the mouth. Just, like, opened his mouth and dropped some in and we have a put it back on the table. He's going, he's going back to, he's cataloging everything that come, came off of the, yep. off of the plane and making sure everything's there and everything's in order. So, he's, pleasure to meet you. No. Meet me. We've met before. Hello. Out of the way. Yes. Well, I mean. Again. Everyone, everyone else, just pleasure to meet you. Cataloging everything, making a sure yank. everything's How in order. How delightful! It's been a long time since I've met a yank. Yes. Um... Oh, don't give me that look. <laughs> one is one is from England, and the other one hasn't been home in God knows how long. So Emmett Landry is uh, he's w- walks over to, to Major Calloway and is talking about making sure, like you're doing the same thing and. Saying, well, you know, if if um, major, I wasn't sure. Did you? Would you like to address everyone first, and then I can sort of explain what I believe would happen from the photos we had of AS Rock, or or, or did you? Well, I just want to make sure that 
everyone is aware of you know your role here and and the others is there something would you would that be okay uh we what, should we do that for breakfast um i know davina's uh, getting a little bit hungry i'm gonna have to do something about that um i i was trying to let the crew get settled first maybe after breakfast i think it would be a great time to let the let our crew get settled let them um reunite with with sid and then and then we'll have our well, proper introduction. I'm going to go see if there's any fruit I can mash and rub into her gums. I'll be right back. This is all being spoken about in front of everybody? It is now, yep. Yeah. Vodham leans just... over to uh Vodham leans over um... to Faye and says, "Who is Davina? I, I only count... <laughs> I count I count eight. <laughs> I count the eight of us." Faye is uh coming down the stairs and I'm assuming that Vodham's down by the bottom of the stairs and mm-hmm. she goes I'm going to tell you in great detail later. Right now, I'm looking for... And then she sees Sid and not realizing that he and Catherine are kind of in a moment. She kind of rushes up and she just violently, like, hugs his side without saying anything. She's just like, you know... I mean, it's been so long. And so, mm. so Catherine would just, would just, oh my God. Oh, that's it. Well, hello, small and dangerous. It's nice to see you then. Hey. Yes. You know, I can read too. Oh. <laughs> can read too? Oh. What are you talking about? I don't quite understand. Catherine. Catherine uh huh. I bet you don't. She Catherine. didn't get a letter, Sid, is yeah. what she's trying to say. Well, I, I mean, I, I did expect that the letter would. I guess be told to everyone that the parts oh, that she felt was important. I guess I don't uh, know. I oh, just, you know, oh, Catherine oh. and I had like you, you know, we had a link. She and I, and um, you know, both being from the Great War and all. You meant you know me I was ten when that started. <laughs> you you meant me to really share the contents it? of that. So oh, I, he, I he smiles to her a very devilish smile. He goes, I, I didn't mean to share me with everyone. I just meant to share you know what you wanted from the letter. If, if, oh. you, if you didn't share it, it's fine. Um, in, um, in, in true me fashion, uh, my uncle had hit it. On, he was using it to prop up his desk. Um, we pulled it out from under the desk, and it was a little crumpled, but I read it, and it was beautiful. And then I put it in my pocket and didn't tell anyone about it, except that I'd received it from you. Pats her on the shoulder, gives her a wink. That's fine. That's all good. Ella, all your drinks come out from Midge. She ha- slides them over through you. Um, she said, if I'm not mistaken, your friend over there asked if we had Pim. Jin, is that correct? Ah, uh, yes. Um, Pims, I, I was unaware of what that was. Ah, no problem. Hold on a minute. She reaches down, takes out an empty bottle, takes the one she has, and goes like this. <laughs> Why, Midge, that's incredible. Pims! <laughs> I love Midge. <laughs> You we know, Yodish, I believe we have gin of a variety of pims. I think it's called Pimes. It's it's the off-brand. Of course, thank you. <laughs> we'll give it a try. All right, well, um, everybody, please gather around. We can have some, some brekkie and, as the Australians say, or as the, is it the English? I can't remember right now. I'm in a bit of a state, if you haven't noticed. Hi. She just keeps saying hi to everybody, like she's all over the place. Yeah, Charlie, Vadim, uh, the team that's not directly involved in the Sid, Faye, Catherine situation sees uh, Professor 
Landry walk over and open the box. You can't see what's in the box because of the angle. He's on the table. But you see him take what looks to be either banana or something mashed and just go, there you go. Do we see that? Yeah. In the box. But you we guys see are, in the box. You, well, no, you can't see in the box. You see him take some of the fruit mash and put this his This is for not the, the Catherine, Sid, Not for anybody. Try. Catherine, Faye, and, uh, Catherine, Faye, and Sid God. are in a conversation. The rest of everyone else that's doing drinking, having a moment, looking around, getting their bearings, sees him scoop two fingers of mush, reach into the box, and you hear... Well, uh, Vodham would move directly towards him to see what's in the box. Vodham, uh, go ahead and make a sanity roll for me. Yep. Sure. I'll walk over there as well. I know what's in the box, but I'm. Yeah, that's a. I've never seen seen this. It's a it's a pass. Okay. So you look down and you're not sure. It takes a moment for your mind even to to register what's going on, but the way it appears, it's a stretched out face, very flattened of a woman hair but the body has been folded accordion style and put into the suitcase um and the mouth is just kind of hung open a little bit and he's trying to get this paste into the inside so the mouth, of the mouth. is the, the face is animated uh so it, its eyes move bottom takes a, a deep drag from his cigarette hmm Jack walks turns up and casually steps away behind him, uh, burning a cigarette as he walks. Okay. What's in the box? Some sort of chimpanzee or something? No, it is uh, It is nothing uh, like that, Jack. You should go look. It is, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he, walks, he walks over, looks down into the box. Uh, make, a san- uh, make a sanity check. There's still going to be a small loss for Vadim. It's uh, only two points, Vadim. Uh, he, he makes it easy. Jack, you lose three. So not the end of the world, but you're, 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 you keep it together. But you look down, and it's definitely a, a woman uh, folded up. And Dr. Landry looks at you as you're looking and says, Not really too polite to stare. <laughs> Excuse me. Just... What in God's name is this? Jack, you see the tongue trying to come through the opening in the in the mat, the facial area. Well, I think I'm done with this here. I don't need any more of this craziness. And he, he walks away from that. It'll, it will explain. Major Calloway is aware of our, of our role. This is going to be very... Uh, Davina, believe me, she is a guest of honor here. She, without her, this would not be possible. She is someone who can help with time and I can generate space with my skills. And you have a problem in a vestige of time and space. So because of the situation, Section M was smart enough to make contact with me and to bring myself and Davina, who I uncovered about just about a year ago. Uh, And um, we came together and offered our services. I'm sorry, uncovered. Can you please be more explicit? Well, things had been a little bit rough, I guess, in Miss Davina's past, and she had been left abandoned um, in an old warehouse that I sort of stumbled on it uh, with a little bit more than accidentally. But uh, again, it, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, uh, please um, enjoy your breakfast of 
Liquid Courage, and then we'll be uh, more than glad to share all the events and the uh, the particulars, and hopefully come up with a plan on how to solve this serious problem that you're having. Yes, you've solved it quite well. I'll just leave it there, then. He wanders off with a disgusted look on his face. Bottom okay. gestures to Jack as they're walking off, and he says, good, more, more Ellas. Just what yes. we need. <laughs> I'm so excited for more crazy. I'm going to uh, gently reach out and touch Vodham's elbow as he's turning and saying that. And as Vodham, I would assume, turns to see who's touched his elbow, hmm. I'll say, Rusu? Uh, glad to meet you, I'll say in Russian. He, uh, he, he returns the salutation um, curtly. Yeah. I am you would, uh, if you're, you. if you're familiar with the area, you would recognize his um, uh, accent is is very country, uh, the Samara region. Uh, yeah, Yonish would have learned school book Russian, conversational Russian, but uh, he'll I'll extend a hand and introduce myself to you. And, uh, he uh, he politely introduces himself. It is nice to meet you. It is you. good to hear your tongue from other mouth. <laughs> it's just one of my many languages, but uh, it is good to use it. Well met, sir. Thank you. Charlie uh, Charlie, and Chuck, what are the two of you doing while this whole, besides the drinking and the, the breaking of breakfast? Ella, we'll get one second. We're next to you. Um, I've, been, I've been checking out the food, and I, I kind of lean into Charlie like, who are these guys? They are, they are crazy. I'm definitely not throwing up at the description of Davina being fed. Definitely not doing that. I am absolutely not going to get sick to my stomach. And Ella, what are you doing? I was going to say that I'm actually near the two of them. Ah. And like, that's what I was going to say. Like, can I be a part of this? But I, I lean into both Charlie and Chuck and whisper, like, stage whisper. Please tell me it's not actually who I believe it to be. Not the skin it woman. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. Oh my! Is Ella uh, familiar with the whole story? She touched Aveline, and she's been communing mm. with different parts of her spirit. Yep. Like again, this is all headcanon for me Beautiful. because of the intense connection she got fresh off of Aveline's death. Her and Ella's memories are kind of mixed, so yep. she definitely remembers Davina, but in loose terms. And then Faye and Catherine would supplement that through stories throughout the adventure. So. Well, I was wondering she, if uh, if we would have all known about it, but I don't think Catherine would ever talk about it, would you, Catherine? <laughs> like, I'd, this, I don't think Vodham would know anything about this. Maybe if we were really drunk. The answer's no, absolutely yeah. not. Why would I ever share about Skin Lady? Exactly. Be like, what's Skin Lady? Catherine would say, oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's like... Yeah. <laughs> not going to talk about that. Yeah. It's right, okay, well, Ella, because Ella still has her connection. To oh, her. 100%. Ella, oh, Ella knows, Ella Ella knows what's it. going on. Ella does, yeah. like Vadim and I have no clue. I yeah. can't imagine. No yeah, Vadim that, you know. and Jack, I don't think I have a clue, but for this purposes, she's still like, she looks shaken to Charlie and Chuck and goes, how did you find her? I thought she was lost. Oh, like I Charlie. thought she died or something. What is she talking about? <laughs> Hi, yeah. Wait, is, is Chuck not, is Chuck, are you not aware of what's happening? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I got, I got it all. We're here to shoot some lizards, and um, you guys are a research team for something, right? 
No, there's, so there's, Charlie, there's, Charlie will Charlie Charlie will make eye contact with Ella and say he sees things a bit differently oh. than everyone yes. else. Chuck, she's referring to the the worm creature in the box. There's a worm in there. Yes, I, that's Gross. what it looks All like right. to me anyway. A flubber worm or something. Of right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep away. That's not my speed. There you well, go. I, I think it's for the best, my dear. Um, and by see, do you mean you see? No, he just means he sees. No, he doesn't. Uh, I lean into Charlie. I think we got another Istan Hedgy over here. That's awesome. We got another Ella. We got another Istan Hedgy. That was awesome. Love one this extra, crossover. <laughs> one extra momentum for the for that for you, Chuck. When we start the battle sequence, you get an extra momentum. Don't forget that. Write that down for yourself. Yeah, All right, I, I, I share, I'm sharing that with Vadim, though. Yeah, there the you bottom, go. Though. There we go. All right. So <laughs> breakfast happens. I'm not eating. <laughs> of course. Just always putting good, that out there. Always good to have pims on an empty stomach. I don't think <laughs> eggs at this point is appropriate. <laughs> Probably not. I feel like no fruit wouldn't be appropriate. Eggs are free game. <laughs> right. Maybe very thin pancakes, maybe. I'm talking about the look, but you know what? Fruit, fine. Yeah, good point. But it was smashed. <laughs> but it was smashed. Well, it can't do solids. It's hard. He uh, Finally, Professor Landry comes over to you, Charlie. And uh, Major Calloway, um, I, I don't mean to be a, a bother, but I, 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 maybe it's perhaps time we, we get everyone at least on task and and start talking about what we need to do there there is quite a bit of preparation um, unfortunately in order to make this happen um, would you be willing to would that be okay with you now i i'm i, I defer to you oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> well sorry was that in character yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> <It> stays in <laughs> canon <laughs> yes absolutely uh we should probably get um, some organizational um, plans in place. Oh, very well. I, I, if if uh, would you would you do the honors then and ask everyone to gather, and I'll uh, I'll get the uh, the maps in, out and and my books from the box. Do we think we want to do this in the middle of a pub with a bunch of locals, or do we maybe want to I don't know sequester a bit? Well, um, I only see the barkeep at this hour. Um, I we could, I'm sure, perhaps peruse uh, or at least offer a little bit of uh, capital in order for her to to keep the place for ourselves for a while. Um, it can is nice. Ca- to can Catherine out. hear this? Yeah. Hey, Midge, hon. Yeah. I love you to death. Could you clear off for about half an hour? My friends got to talk about weird stuff. Yeah. All right. I gotta go get some more Jean. Back there, it's back there in the still, out by the shitter. I'll be right back. Oh, you're such a love. Just knock when you come in, honey. Oh, it's Pims, not piss, Jen. Pims. <laughs> is Midge uh, is Midge a New Zealander? I, I know I recognize that accent somewhere. It's terrible Australian. Uh, it's only to this particular part of the outback. Right. Gonna, not, I, I can't actually judge with my inexplicable North Dakotan voice that I'm doing. So. <laughs> it's very local to Parsons Gallows. It's, yeah. it's, it's Parsons, Parsons accent, okay? Yeah, it's there's only 27 people that recognize it. 
Um, as we're actually going to get like an Australian Parsons Gallo person. Wait, excuse so. me, that's not how we speak in Parsons Gallo. <laughs> from anyone Guys, from hey. Parsons Gallo, it's, it's actually from somewhere close by. I am going to do that Gallo. shout out one more time to the person from Australia, one of our listeners, who actually uh, said they cannot wait for Australia. Oh my God, I heard you're coming to Australia. 1930s is going to be so good. Your accent, don't worry about it. You guys are great. Just do a British accent. That's pretty much what it would have been like because we were all, you know, and I went, Oh shit! I love their support. <laughs> Thank you for blindly supporting what's going to come. Far I, I too said, kind for what everything that's about to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I said Thank I can putting only up tell with you all that. I went beyond Crocodile Dundee, and they were like, "Oh, this is going to be great." I said, "Thanks." Yeah, this is going to be great. So, all right. So, um, <clears throat> go ahead, Charlie. Get the uh, get the team assembled. Whoever way you want to do it. Um. So I'm just gonna gather everybody and just be okay. like, hey, I mean everybody's there, right? So yeah, just pretty be much. Like, hey guys, um, everybody needs to do the whistle. I can't, which I can't do with the, you know, the yeah. But you know, how people put their fingers <laughs> in their mouth and whistle through their fingers. Yeah, don't do like, that. That yeah, that cool yeah. whistle. Yeah, yeah nope. I can't do that. No. So he's he's gonna do that and and a uh, cool whistle. Performance. Yeah. Oh, bottom, Jinx. Did you say performance too? Yes. At the same time, you critically fail that. What would that even look like? Your whistle just sounds like just like you sprain your tongue. You just spit. You just spit out. You just spit everything. Oxygen, and then you pass out. You scratch your thumbs and bleed to death. Vomits puree. Yeah, dark in here. Dark in here. Um, so yeah, that's what Charlie's going to do. Just loud whistle, gather everybody around. It's time to start organizing. What's the plan? All right. So he, uh, everyone sits down. Um, Emmett Landry opens the box, uh, bring, starts bringing out certain books off in the distance. The rain starts to pick up, but you hear a loud clap of thunder off in the distance. I mean, loud as in. Even though it was, you know, it, it had to be pretty, pretty powerful if it was to be heard here, but it was just like, wow! It's been all this time in Parsons Gallows, it barely rains, and now it's thundering. And um, he's he gets the books out, and he brings them over, and he breaks out this large scroll case that you know obviously is for maps or cartography and stuff, and he rolls that on the table, and he says, um, "Well, I am." Um, uh, I guess I should speak about myself first, and then, um, if, if with the major's permission, um, may I begin with at least my part in this affair, Major? Yes, please. Yes, please do. Thank you. Um, well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I am Dr. Emmett Landry, and I am um, professor and I'm one of the te- basically um, j- members of the Fellowship of the Gnostics, the uh, Gnostic religion. Um, we believe. The Gnostics believed that there were many different levels to heaven and to earth and to space. So my research has brought me some interesting understanding and insights into that concept. Um, And I am here to help guide you uh, to be able to deal with this threat uh, around uh, Uluru, or as it is called here, Elias Rock. So in this book... Um, from what I understand from the briefing that was given to us by um, the contact at Section M, uh, he opens the book and there's a drawing, a very rudimentary drawing of a very large lizard creature, a bipedal one. 
and to the Cairo team, this is it. It looks, I mean, they're like, if I had to stick draw that sucker, that would be it. Like, it's a little bit more than that. It's a, it's got some understanding to it. Like, it's not just a line with a, you know, a lizard head, but it's definitely rudimentary. It's old. And this is an old book he's holding up. But he says, um, if I just could first confirm that these are the creatures that perhaps you have been seen in, in around the rock, is, is this look accurate? Yeah, those are the suckers. I shot one of them. Uh, this is them. Nocturnal Lakerta. Yes, the um, yes, these are actually. Well, I'm I'm in. I'm very happy for that because it. I assumed it was. I started doing my proposal on it, uh, on the way here, and speaking at night with Davina. This is uh, actually what we were counting on it being, and we actually have a plan for this. Um. Oh, thank God. Well, um, Mr. Cavendish, uh, I don't know if the rest of the our friends here are aware of your special gifts. Would you be willing to share um, and the glasses, maybe? Remove them for us, if you would? Uh, I'm not sure how, how you uh, found out about my special gifts, so you say, but well, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I would call them special gifts, more of a curse. But uh, if it makes you feel all excited, I suppose I can take off my glasses. And with that, he, that, he removes his glasses, and you'll see that he actually has goat's eyes rather than normal eyes. And they are quite hideous. Yes, well, that is actually, in this particular case, Mr. Cavendish, it's going to be an actual blessing. Um, my question to you, sir, and I, I believe I already am aware of the answer, is you were able to discern these creatures from a distance even when the others were not. Is that correct? You can see? Yes, sort of I, I can see between veils, yes. I can see I can see things on the other side at the same time as things that are here when I have my glasses off. Yes. Because I myself, according to the witch doctor in my village, um half alive now and half dead well that's going to be very very helpful for us mr cavendish um and i hope that we can count on your full support uh when we go into describing what's necessary for the others to be able to use your gifts and to um how can i say uh tap in to this particular malady that you are suffering from without this it, without your support and help um our plan is going to be much more difficult to achieve. Uh, so I, uh, well, well, enough with that for now. Let me, um, let me go on. So uh, he takes out the photo of Ayers Rock that I sent to everybody in the chat. Uh, Ayers Rock folks, there are caverns that are at the ground level. There's folks, if you look at, and for our team in Cairo, if you look, and for Poltergeist, if you look at the image, he points to the largest cavern on the left-hand side of the photo. All right, that particular one. So he says, well, uh, if the research is correct and what we believe to be true, the oldest cave paintings that have been documented are in this particular side of uh, Aluru. So I'm thinking, and Ms. Divina, do you agree? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yes, Catherine? Upon hearing the voice from the box... Catherine goes completely white as a sheet. Her mm -hmm. chair literally scoots back a couple of inches. And, like, she looks like she's about to, to like, 
puke. Puke or bolt? Both. <laughs> like run and puke. Never run and puke. You run right into your. Oh yes, you're just. Yeah. Never do that. Puke um, then run. It's usually a lot safer. She'd probably be sitting, like Faye's always kind of near Catherine. She'd want to be close to Sid. But literally, it's a physical, like, I need to put something between me and that. Of course. So. So he with- sees your reaction, and he's like, I, Miss Ross, I, I, I understand how this must be very difficult for you. Do um, you? Well, I can imagine. No, you can't. Just just move on. Thank mate, you. Okay? Just move on to the next Thank page. you, Ella. As I was moving Carry forward. Carry on, Doctor. <clears throat> The cave paintings uh, that we are hoping uh, pertain to this particular situation about understanding this clue from the prophecy of Madame Blavatsky, the rock that dreams, we are hoping, and educated guests, that would be inside of the larger cavern. So, Is it because of the size of the creatures? That's where they would fit and be able to put the artwork on? That is part of it. Yes, Miss Walcott, that is actually very astute of you. Um, we are thinking that because of the size and the, it, they would have seen the larger opening as more of a cathedral to our terms. Like at most ancient peoples, the larger the space, the more hallowed, the more holy, um, the more people you could fit into it. So yes, uh, we're thinking this might be the actual, the actual location. Uh, so this pardon is me. A, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dr. Landry. Yes, Mr. Dr. Landry, you, these nocturnal lacerta. I believe you described them as. And Miss Dawson, you said that you had shot one? Luckily, yes, I did. Did it have an effect? I'm trying to remember, Keeper, it did. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it went down. So it, it can be damaged. It's not. Okay. They can we bleed, recently, that's for damn sure. Well, we recently experienced some creatures that there were some issues on whether or not they were corporeal enough to take damage. But once they were, or we realized they were, so that's very helpful to know that they can be affected physically. Yeah, no, those suckers can bleed. Okay. The, the, Mr. Hedgian, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Cal- Mr. Falloway, were you also going to say something? I had a question about the, the cave or uh, caverns. Please. Uh, so it sounds like it's uh, big caves. Um, do we know for sure there are no other entrances or exits to the cave? There are no other entrances or exits to that particular cave. Oh, that's helpful. Oh, how uh, many perhaps... caves are there? Uh, 15 currently uh, that have been excavated and are, are known around the entire base of the rock. 16. Add 16. So, this may not be the actual perhaps cave. Well, Mr. Seheji, uh, the... Uh, this had the, this has the most art and has been date the dating that the archaeologists can do um, uh, science being what it is today they believe these are the oldest and according to the native guides these are the oldest paintings in their legends. What did Alice say? Add sixteen, and no. you anybody who's watching her yeah, sees but- her face just go completely dark. Like you've seen her smiling and be happy, but now she's like. Charlie immediately like turns and looks at her. What did you say? There are 16 at least. Dr. 
Landry, you said 15? That, that have been excavated and we know of, yes. Uh, if if Miss Walcott is somehow aware of others, I, I, I cannot refute that. I only know of the 15 that have been actually mapped. Miss Walcott, how do you know of a, an additional cave? When we were traveling across the oceans to Australia, we were caught in a limbo of time and space. I was dragged down into the depths, transported into Ayers Rock, but some far below it. I don't know how far, but that was where our compatriot, and Sid doesn't know this, and she's kind of freezing as she's saying it, and looks at him knowingly. And then you hear, John Schooley. John was there. Did we all hear that? Yeah. Keeper, is the box open? Oh, yeah. Catherine storms up, walks over, and slams the (gasps) lid. Here. No! (laughs) Catherine! Did John Schooley come from the box? Yeah, those things need oxygen. Where where did that John Schooley come from? Did it come from the box or just an eerie? The box box said John Schooley, and then she, Ella would weep. Say, John, Catherine gets up, slams box down. That's order of events. <laughs> so Davina called out John Schooley's name. Yeah. Yep. That she did. Do uh, we... Faye gets up uh-huh. to go after Catherine, and then when she sees Catherine slam the lid down, she kind of freezes and is just looking at her like, I'm not sure to approach this. Miss, Miss Walcott, John Schooley, We've, we're familiar with him. What do you mean he was here? He is here. He's not here anymore. He's gone. He's lost to us. But he was here. The box is rattling. Stop it! Dr. Landry? Yes, Mr. Sinhegi. You and I have means of traveling places. Mm. Different. Yes, which I would really learn to love, learn, love to learn your skill. Uh, but am I to understand, John? This Mr. Schooley was here at Ayers Rock several hundred years ago. Is what? What? Miss Davina has explained that he was here several hundred years ago when it all ended, and has was, yeah, passed through her transium of thought many hundreds of years ago. Uh, it's, it's very. He was. He was out of time and space, and this is the same thing that's happening at that rock. It is a focal point. Something, something is causing. He these protected creatures. me, but yes, ah. I'm. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, doctor. please, Miss Walcott. When I was pulled to the depths of the ocean, it was John that saved me. But we did not end up in Ayers Rock at the same time. He was so much earlier, and he waited for me. He was waiting for me to appear, you see, and I can only guess how long I was under there. I know it cannot be longer than three weeks because humans cannot survive without food for more than three weeks. And I had access to fresh water because of the eels. And what? There, there was a pond of eels and I, I, we, we made good friends, but I 
that's a whole other part of my story. The point is, there's a 16th chamber beneath Ez Rock, and hard time getting through it. It's a prison. It's a prison for time and space, as far as I'm concerned. And if you ever find it, get away from it. Is there, Stay away. Is there a route to or from it to the surface that you know of? There was a stream that flowed freely. No stagnant water, but I don't know how to get to it. I was transported out by my companions through a ritual because they could not physically get there to me. And I had to... You know what? I'm... She, do she doesn't mention the last part of the story, but the, well, group, the group knows what she did. And at least the Cthulhu and Cairo people know what she did. And she's I, I like, nope. I look over at Charlie and Sid and say, we need, we need the white-haired witch. If she can ethereally move through the Zeppelin, she might be able to move here and find this chamber and save us a well, lot of hardship. I, I actually, Mr. Sinheji, I, I, I do have some of the spatials. Uh, I can move through layers of, 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 of time, and um, through space, rather, and Miss Davina has time. So... Uh, it depends on what we're trying to do there. I might be able to assist, uh, but, but I believe Miss Miss Dawson, you had something you wanted to add. Oh no, I'm not adding anything. Um, I'm just Faye is going to slowly keep approaching Catherine because she kind of wants her to just get away from Davina's box. It's like we need to go and sit down. So I'm like a I'm like a cat. Just... Okay. Real quick. Ella goes to Sid while Catherine, while Faye's doing this and says, I'm sorry, Sid, for not telling you sooner about John. When, when did it happen? A long time ago, but in my terms, only a few weeks. Oh, well then, it's not your fault, love. I wouldn't, there's no way I would have known. It's still quite bizarre and I feel so bad for John. Last uh, I heard he was wandering. Yeah. There are convergences that we are aware of that shift spatially. And Miss Walcott, it appears, after listening to the messages and understanding the fact that you were in the Indian Ocean at the time, that there may have been some sort of a transference of her play, herself from a point in space and a point in time. And she ended up inside the rock which does in some ways make sense to what the natives claim that the rock is of the first people, a holy place, all leading us back to hopefully that we'll be able to get the clues we need to understand the prophecy of Miss Blavatsky and what to do for your item of power. So if I, I will continue uh, just for a moment here. Uh, so it, since the reptiles can be harmed, but not seen without the help of Mr. Jack Cavendish, um, and we don't have the particular recipe, unfortunately, that the Locke brothers used, Mr. Cavendish, to help you and your team see that night. We will be forced to do things a little differently. Um, and again, we can discuss that once we get through the rest of what we need to do. So I guess the point now comes to uh, Major Calloway and myself to sort of break down how we wish to go about doing this, and and with all the equipment that you brought, and the uh, the team here from with Miss Ross and things, what we need to do, and and, and the roles we need to take on to to make this mission successful, Miss Ross, uh, we can start with you. Uh, Mister Mister Cavendish is going to need medical attention. 
um, and some and some careful mo- monitoring, uh, plus anyone else who may get injured uh, while Why? trying. Well, Miss Miss Ross, uh, as Mister Cavendish can attest, and may, I'm sure you might remember, blood is necessary, but this is a much larger space. Um, the incense when you were in the truck and near that area allowed you all to sort of see, but to do this in and outside of the cave at the same time, we're going to need to um, amplify that power a little bit, and that's going to take um, a little bit more energy than than Mr. Cavendish had to give to the Locke brothers. Mr. Um, Cavendish, the look on his face, the the gentle kindness, the English, the nice Englishman, that entire mask drops away and there is just a sheer look of disgust and hatred towards this man and he says nothing but he just burns through cigarettes end over end the uh, we we will be doing uh, we will be um requiring uh, uh, of course mr some mr cavendish's vitae in order to make this this spell work this ritual uh, um, uh thankfully miss davina and i have uh, we've been able to understand enough of the rituals that we think we'll be able to give everyone sight so that you'll be able to defend yourselves and the researchers in the cave. Uh, so your plan, plan your plan is to make me a blood doll, is that it? Um, your plan well, is to use me like some sort of tool. You think I'm just going to stand here and let you use me, man? What do you think I am, a small child? Uh, I wouldn't want this, I wouldn't wish this on a small child, Mr. Cavendish, but you are a robust gentleman. You are fair of health. And um, you, with Miss Boros monitoring you and taking care of things, regulating the drip as it were as needed, I, I, I can't see how this won't be an issue. I, I think you'll come out of the spit spot. Yes. What, what are we asking? What exactly are we asking of this man? Major, Major Calloway, it sounds like this man is asking me to perform some sort of medieval bleeding upon my friend. No, Miss Ross, we, we'll take care of that. All you have to do is make sure it doesn't go too far. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Major, the, the, the situation isn't really something that's um, undoable. I, we're here to get inside and, and look at the art. The, the creatures are out there. They're invisible. In order for them to be visible, we need Mr. Cavendish's gifts. And Mr. Cavendish's gifts are his eyes. I don't want to remove them from his skull. That would be horrible. Uh, it would be unfair, and uh, we can get around it. But to do that, I'm going to need his essence. Um, if Miss Ross, if you'd open the box, I can let Miss Davina explain. If you'd rather hear it from her, but have I you bothered? Better... Have you bothered to ask him if he's okay with that? I believe Mr. Cavendish is, uh, as far as I understood, uh, very much w- hopeful and willing to put himself in harm's way to keep this planet and its people safe. Um, to live up to the expectations of how to stop this ancient, terrible god. In order to do that, um, now that the Locke brothers are missing or dead, this is the way we can get it done. So, I, I can't make the recipe Char- they had. I don't know it. Charlie's just done. He's going to look at Jack. Do you understand what's being asked of you? Yes, I understand Good. completely what's being asked of me. But the problem is it's not being asked of me. This Ponce here thing seems to think that he's just going to wander in here with a flubber worm and then just declare that I somehow will be bled for his needs. No, I am asking... I'm asking you. Are you hearing the consequences of what's being done to you and are you accepting that? 
I'm here. I'm with asking you. I have not accepted anything yet. No, so he can say whatever what he'd at. like, but I haven't accepted no. anything yet. That's I'm asking you. I'm asking you as your leader. Are you hearing what's going to happen to you? And are you willing to accept that? You have a choice and that is your choice. As a leader, I recognize what you're saying. But I'm telling you that if I am to do this, and I'm not sure that I am, that the only way I'm going to do it is as if my doctor, Catherine, tells me that she can ensure that I'm not dying for some stupid cause for a man who just seems to think that the entire world is his plaything. Miss Ross? Uh, Jack, I pulled a bullet out of Faye's chest. I brought her from the brink of death. I practically massaged her heart back to beating. I have no doubt that I could... I could do it. Oh, there you go. I give a... I give an agreeing thumbs up behind Catherine, like, I endorse what she's saying. Ella, at this point, would look at Yonish and go, Is this blood magic, Yonish? This is magic I am not familiar with. I'll be honest with you. I'm more of a mentalist than magic. I think Dr. Landry is the expert on this. Well then, I'm not comfortable with my friend giving blood to someone and something that it, 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 they keep Miss, it. Miss Walcott, we're not keeping it. We're going to be dropping it onto a fire. Uh, it's going to be burned up in ash. Um, it's going to create the smoke and the steam that everyone will need in order to fight these creatures and see them. Otherwise, we're going to get overrun. Uh, I, I need to be able to help you see. I can't do that. I don't have the gifts, and I don't have the locks recipe. Uh, well, this is the only other way we can do this. The real question is with Mr. Cavendish. No one, no one is violating his his comfortability. He is making the sacrifice. I, no I one am, else here is making that sacrifice. He makes a choice. Here, here, I, damn I, it! I am familiar with what. The idea that Mr. Landry is speaking of, I have never been involved with it or studied in depthly, but I, it is feasible. There are rituals that someone who has a power, uh, there are rituals that can help share that power with others. And sometimes there is a cost to be paid by the person with the power. Uh, bloodletting is not that unheard of in a lot of magical practices if miss catherine if miss catherine is confident that she can monitor his health now the one concern i might have is there might come a point where miss catherine says no more and staunches the wound and if this ability is shared amongst all of us is suddenly cut off it might be at a critical moment when we need, really need to be able to see what's going on. I, I understand the idea that Mr. Landry's talking about. I don't know that. I, I, I have I have read of it. I, I, I've, I've heard of it now that he's, he's shared the idea. But is that a, is that a real concern that we have to be that we have oh, to be worried Landry. about? 
Landry, yeah. So OOC, uh, for the listeners and for the players, you have just run into your timer. The timer is Jack. As Catherine makes the rolls and works to keep Jack going, you will have the, the better she can regulate the flow to the ritual will be the time that you have to give for the researchers and the squad out front to hold the line. That okay. is your timer. Okay. So that is going to be if Jack agrees. Now, Jack, if you choose to make Sid go through this, it will not be this ritual. They will go an entirely another route. Now, if that does anybody here have a camera? Yes. Team that goes into the cavern takes a camera. It may limit the time they have to be down there trying to divine what these images mean. And therefore, Jack won't have to bleed out so long and we won't have to hold the front line against these lizard creatures. If they can just take the pictures and get the hell out of there. Brian, I um, love you. Yeah, but where are you going to where are you going to um, convert the pictures from the role? Oh, it's a dark room when we get back to safety. <laughs> well, my the, thing is, I don't know that there's a dark room in Parsons Gallon. Well, no. then we'll do it when we get back to the states or back to the back to the continent. You can we make a the dark object room. before we leave. You, we don't know what it is. Exactly. There is object we are to, we are to collect. Correct, Ella. Yes. yes, there is a... So it's not just looking at the artwork and divining some message out of it. This is the items of power we are collecting. This, this is, is number five. Yep. Number five. What our group has been trying to accomplish is collecting certain objects that will thin the veil and then lock Chakotl in a prison where he cannot reach the mortal realm. This one is the rock of, that dreams. It is a part of Ezrock because we know the symbology of it and the name in the local tongue of Ezrock and Aluru is the dreaming rock. However, we cannot take the entire thing, so clearly it must be something from the original structure of the ones who came before modern man and myth. So the artwork that we need, you need to see in this cave should lead you to it yes okay okay I, i'm sorry room. i yep. thought it was just to divine what the artwork some kind of message it revealed i wasn't this aware you were okay i wasn't aware that your team was actually trying to retrieve a physical item from here and the artwork might lead to it sid jack i loved the idea so what That's i'd like to know is what is the ultimate outcome for me here Am I wasting my life so you can take photographs? Am I dying in this? How far are we going? Are we taking the teeth out of the lion? Are we killing the lion? What is no, your game? No, one, no one's killing the lion. I'm not. Oh, you don't know that. that, Catherine. You don't know that. Look at that man looking him in the eye. He cares nothing for anyone but himself. For his own little experiments. I, I, am, I, I am here for the same reasons that you are. Mr. Cavendish, to, to stop this ancient and terrible evil. I, I believe in everything that your team has endured and suffered and, and that the ladies have had to see from the very beginning. I, I wouldn't risk my own neck. I'm going to be in the cave. I'm going to be right beside you. I may not be on the table. I don't have that ability, but I have the ability to help your friends. I'm not going to be sitting in Parsons Gallows uh, sipping on pims, as good as it may be. So answer my question. What is the ultimate outcome for me in this if I lay here like a sacrificial lamb. I'm sorry, Mr. Cavendish. I, I don't think any of us know 
what our outcome is going to be. Well, then that's fine. I, I then this is my this is the reason this is the way it's going to go. I'll do this, but I'm going to give Catherine my gun. And if she feels at any point that my life is in jeopardy, which I will not give up my life for a series of photographs, then she is to shoot him in the head and save me. Shoot me. Yes, in the head. Very well. I'd do it I'm, myself, uh, but clearly I would be dying at that point. Uh, if if that's uh, very well, Mr. Cavendish, I, 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 if, if you believe that that's what has to happen for you to feel comfortable. Um, oh, I do. Well, let's, let's move on to phase two and see if that's... A, it seems that we have an agreement on phase one. Um, uh, Miss Ross, I'm counting on your medical expertise. Uh, Mr. Fadham, did mm-hmm. you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, you seem to be very quiet over there. Uh, did you have any questions at this point yet, sir? Oh, me? No, um, Mr. Fadham. Uh, and, and yourself, Adam. Mr. Calloway. That's fine. Uh, Falloway? Either one. It, it, it is these times I am out of my element. I will do what uh, whatever is tasked of me. But I do not know how I can help. Oh, you're going to be a big help in a moment, I'm sure. Because, uh, as Mr... Falloway, uh, did you uh, did you want to bring something up, Chuck? Uh, there, there, there was one thing, and, and forgive me if this has already been touched on. Um, in the event that these, um, well, I, I look over the drawing where are they monitors or something. The lizards? Uh, yeah, the lizards. Um, uh, uh, similar to that, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, in the event that they're, you know, that we're overrun or anything, uh, in the event that. Um, uh, it sounds like there might be some risk of personal injury inside the cave. Of course. Um, uh, perhaps we'll perhaps one of us will get bitten. I've heard the monitor bites can be pretty nasty, and I understand there's going to be a doctor inside. Uh, is there any way that we'll have to signal each other? Oh, oh well, uh, it, I, be- I believe it, it, depending on where Major Calloway and uh, yourself uh, and Sydney decide to set up the front line. Uh, you could be right inside the cave mouth, uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, you just, you know, want to oh, be. I won't be in the cave mouth, but but uh, uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, we have a few wireless that we can set up. I, I, I'm sure in the oh, heat great. of battle, it's going to be okay. difficult, but you know, to make contact. But Miss Ross is really, Miss um, <laughs> Ross is really, you know, hopefully not going to have to deal with too many injuries. If we can keep everything on the up and up, uh, yeah, she'll be able to focus course, entirely on Jack. But should, of course, someone be injured, that's going to be up to Miss Ross to decide how she wishes to handle that. And you have uh, Miss Miss Rossi of um, uh, adequate amount of uh, field expertise, triage, such. <laughs> one, one, one nurse and doctor. We all we all laugh. <laughs> yeah. Faye laughs the loudest. How yes, old she's... is how, uh, Chuck? How like how old does Chuck look? He's like uh, he's, he's like early forties, late thirties, around there. Oh, okay. So they're they're of an age. D- Chuck, I've been pulling bullets out of men in ditches since I was seventeen years old. I That's think fantastic. we're going to be okay. That's great. Oh, very good. It's a pleasure so, to work with you, then. Phase one. I hope I Davina, don't have did, to. Davina, <laughs> did you hear that? Phase one. We're, we're all good. All right. Uh, so uh, the, the second. Catherine's still holding the box down, right? Or is she finally like let go of the box? I because... feel like I've been trying to peel her off, but with, uh, with I'm... the whole um, attention being turned upon her to talk about the jack of it all, you know. Oh, do you have experience with field triage? She has 
let go of the lid and has backed up a little bit. I'm not sitting down. She's full of too much energy. So much pressure. Yeah. Um, so awkward. So Faye will use this opportunity to gently guide her by the elbows and back her ever so slowly away. Not towards the chair, but maybe towards a nice wall to lean upon. And I'm like, it's okay, honey. We're gonna... Why don't, you, why don't you lean here? After about three seconds of her only friend, her best friend, um, grabbing her elbow, she goes, Neh. and <laughs> um, uh, Faye expecting this has uh, grabbed in such a way that Catherine just can't out of it. <laughs> you will not nya from me. Uh, all right. <laughs> she knows me too well. This, this isn't the first rodeo. So Using my... Uh... Using my skill, uh, subtle cues, although this isn't very <laughs> subtle, I'll go pour a, a stiff two or three fingers of bourbon in a, in a glass and bring it you over to Miss Catherine. Uh, well, yeah, Charlie her. mentioned in the chat that he, uh, he did give Faye a thing of a flask of bourbon. I don't know if that yeah. changes things. More bourbon, everybody. Yeah, More bourbon. I'll, bring, I'll bring it over and just kindly uh, offer it to Faye and, and kind of point towards Catherine. You got say, it. Well, this may help. Charlie's definitely like regretting giving away his flask of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, this is going to go great. Two All people right. don't have bourbon that need it. But... I, will, um, I will not subtly um, try to slide back over to the room and just, um, you know, kind of shake it ever so slightly in front of you. Like, here you go. We don't need this. We have more. We have other bourbon now. <laughs> okay. Are you handing me if if you're ha- if I'm being handed bourbon, I'm gonna drink it. Just putting that out there. So when has that stopped you? That's fine. Yeah, so this is mine. We can move on. So he says. So the next would be um, the researcher and or researchers, depending on how much the team wishes to put into the speed of this whole uh, situation, the, uh, deciphering the cave art and trying to understand its images. Um, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, Miss Walcott, this is probably up your alley uh, with more of the occult background. Does anyone feel that they should or wish would wish to help Miss Walcott in this endeavor? Um, the more, the more, the merrier. Uh, the better chance we have of of being a little quicker about it, I would think. But of course, we do have to protect the cave and those inside it. And this would this would be up my. I mean, I I have a small occult background, but I'm an archaeologist, so this would be. It seems could be Faye, you and Ella are best suited for such task. Yeah, what do you think, babe, you and me? I'm an occult scholar. I would need reference books and, and a point to begin research from. And Aboriginal art here in Australia, I am ignorant on. So I don't think I would be very much help in that aspect at all. Understood. And I appreciate thought. Um, yes, Faye, I think... With your background in ancient architecture, art, and general knowledge, you would be able to discern a good portion of things. With my abilities, perhaps I can also glean something, plus my general knowledge of the occult and the various items of power that we've been researching. Together we can do much. Um, Here's where I would have a question for you and I, and this is more of a private conversation, so please, everyone, just understand that this is a fair and my decision. If we run into trouble, 
who's backing off to help shoot. I, w- I was going to say, like, there's no way that they're going in there by themselves. No, like, they will not. No be. way. That no way. They will, they will be with me, since Jack is going to be occupied otherwise. That falls to me. I will not yes. let these ladies out of my sight. Just, on this just one person? Just one I have person? never needed another. <laughs> I mean, I'll be there. <laughs> Wait, where's, no, where's be... Jack going to be? Jack, Jack, uh, Jack and yourself will be in, in, in the very front of the cave. Uh, Why the in two, the front? Be, well, we thought the that'd be the best area of the... Jack. Yes. The steam from the fire will affect their eyesight, so you must. Can't be we at bring the front. a fan or something? There's no well, f- electrical outlets, darling. Uh, no, she means a a a a a, 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 a fan. Um, palm fronds. Bring the palm we, fronds. We're thinking. We're thinking Who's closer to them? the. <laughs> Hire Midge in the back. We can't do that to Midge. Uh, we fucked we up. we do so many bad things. So fucked up. <laughs> NPCs. We have to spare Midge. So let me OOC to the listeners and to the team. This is how it's going to work. You're going... this. Listen carefully. It's a little confusing. You're going to roll every round against either your Cthulhu or your Occult. But once you start one path, that's the path you take. If you go a Cthulhu number, it takes a lot less to break the code. If you go Occult, it takes a lot longer. You'll need a lot more. Every time you roll a success, depending on what you roll. So let's say your skill is a 50 and you roll a 10. You put 40 points into the kitty towards the success of the breaking the code. What about archaeology? Because that, or is archaeology not going to be an effect here? Archaeology could be helpful. It is a little less effective than regular occult. Occult is the kicker on this one. Okay. But, so... the archaeology, but if her archaeology skill is an 80 and yeah. she's rolling, she's rolling fives. She's putting a certain number of points towards it, but it's not it's not one for one. So well, my archaeology is a seventy. So what's the go. equation for a Cthulhu? If you used, you said it would be it would a lot result. less. No, it's it's still one for one, but you don't need as many points to succeed. That you'll break the code much faster. I can't give you the exact number of points you need. It was just Understood. if you can do yeah, if you can do Cthulhu, if you feel confident in Cthulhu, much harder to make those successes. But mm-hmm. you're going to crack the code in a fraction of what you would need. I mean, all of us can... have gained in some Cthulhu mythos. All, all yeah, five but of you're us. Yeah, but all... not everybody's going to be researching with me and Faye. So... And, and you're talking about like a 10%. So yeah, yeah, I was about to say, my Cthulhu mythos is a 10. I'm a 30. My, I'm a 30 my archaeology is a 70. So, but yeah. that's something we can discuss off mic. But okay, but that's the way it's going to work, right? So Ella Catherine, would still... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ella would still be kind of looking at Faye going, I'm better with a blade. I, I know that you're better with your head. You're not wrong there. I just want to know. I believe in our friends. I believe in this group of people that they can hold off the line while we do what we have to do. I just back up plan Z, who's backing off, telling the information in a quick jumble and then hoping that we finish it with two extra people because Vadim said he will protect us he will monitor our six as they say in the army I don't know if that's a thing they say yet so Brian help me out here yeah it was fine um, but yeah. who's if we should perhaps be overrun who adds an extra gun or blade to this scenario <laughs> Honey, I think you and I both know that, and you have to stay on that wall. 
if it comes down to it, I'll yeah. protect you with my life, and you know that I will. Miss hmm? Walcott, please take. I'm I'm going to take my little pinky ring off, and I'm going to give it to Miss Walcott. I'm saying, Miss Walcott, take this. If you keep this with you, I may be able to see you. Reach out to see where you are. And in a very, believe me, very worst case scenario, I may be able to come to you and bring others or bring you away. But that might be a worse solution than the other alternative. But at least if you keep this with you, I have something to focus on. And with my remote viewing capability, I should be able to locate you. And once I have located you, I may, if absolutely have to, may be able to reach you. If you if you guys want one of us to go inside, I mean, I'm sure someone could, you know, we can handle a couple of lizards, you know, I got my I got my gun. That are not we'll couple, perhaps a couple thousand. OK, come on. But, you know. They are like nine foot lizard that runs on two feet and shoots arrow the size of spear. That, <laughs> that, not uh, Australia is crazy. Okay, I'm, so, a, I'm afraid of this I'm afraid of Charlanders. <laughs> I really want to. I really want to look at my men because we know that bottom's going down with the with uh, Ella and Faye. Is what do you all feel about? whether we need to send one of my men down let's, with them as well. Let's hear what these nocturnal lecurta are, how they appeared, how they fight, how they, yeah. how you encountered them. So we'll have an idea of what we're going to have to deal with topside before we think about sending people down with them. Uh, okay. Miss Dawson, you shot one. Uh, Mr. Vadim, uh, can y'all tell us? What, we, we, we tell us about ran, your encounter. We all ran for life from from <laughs> crazy mob of giant lizard killing machines. It was they are they are a sight to be seen. Yes, that's 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 that is word, Faye. Uh, yeah, you you got it right on the head. You I, hit I the just nail said right on the head. They, are. they are nine foot lizard. They run very fast. They are very fierce, and they shoot arrows the size of spears. Yeah, I'm going to be straight with you, Yonish. Um, I kind of shot out of the back of this Jeep like a Hail Mary, and I was really shocked that I hit it. They're insane. I've never seen anything like it. Catherine, you wanted to say something? After Catherine leaves the room the minute that Yonish um, is like, oh, tell us about the lizards. After about a minute, she comes back in, and she's holding... And Charlie, yeah, Charlie was kind of stalking behind you a little bit, just making sure you're okay. She comes back in, like, and looks at Charlie, like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not doing a runner. Um, <laughs> Can't help it. Deserter! <laughs> so she comes back in. So she so she drops an actual, what we would yeah. consider a spear on the table in front of Yeah, a good-sized javelin. Yeah. 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 Um, this was pulled out of our truck. As I'm we... sorry. What? Well, that is yeah. no Inuit arrow. Look at that thing. <laughs> no. That's a um, no, Chuck. That is not. These are giant 
two-legged lizard freaks. Okay. okay. If they did only have you... two legs, then I think we're going to be fine. Did you get a size on them? Eight, nine feet? Very vicious. Oh, Very fast. Very vicious. That's like gator-sized. Oh, that's going to be dangerous. Gators get running. Hey, Chuck! Hey. What's up, buddy? Yeah, this is this is your shit. This is your jam, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll shoot the shit out of them. It's gonna be fine. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you guys are so worried about. We got landmines. We're, back we're gonna there. fuck these land motherfuckers mines. up. Oh yeah, we're we got landmines. We're gonna up. be fine. We're gonna oh. fuck them up. Yeah. I'm really glad I came back to that let, line. Let me ask a question here, real quick, um, because everyone is fucking everything. But, um. <laughs> Were they fighting as like a team or were they just sort of, you know, coming at you individually, like sort of disorganized like? Is that a That's pack a beautiful of question. Yes. Um, yes, yes, like I, Chuck I, says, like a pack of lizards. I think there were so many of them there was no need for organization. It was it was like being rushed by a huge mob. There you go. And that doesn't count the Catherine, it's almost like a light bulb goes off in her noodle and she goes, oh, um, something to keep in mind. They're the ones that weren't chasing us appeared to be, um, how do I put this? I think they, eat, I think they eat people. The, uh, what? the, the locals so, did come. Yes. They I assume them. that about any Australian wildlife, honestly. Wait, say, say, say that again. Charlie, Charlie looks over at Chuck and is like, well, they might fuck us up, too. You know? I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. What? I don't speak magic, but what we saw were these tribal giant lizard people, right? And they had <laughs> weapons and started chasing us when they saw us. But what we pulled them away from, they were distracted originally. By these big cages full of normal people. And they... Proto-ancestors, they yes. believe, to you. Yes. Yes, they fed upon them. It was yes. the, uh, it was the, it was the, like, aboriginal, like, elders that had approached the site, right? That were... Yeah. Like, their attention was called because of the ritual that the Lock Brothers were involved with and everything. And they kind of yep. came to see what was going on. And then the lizard people were like, oh, hey, other people... <laughs> And they just <laughs> fell upon them and mauled and ate them all up, right? Did they imprison them? You said no. No, were they caged? Did you see well, the, caged? There, so around Ayers Rock, they saw the settlement of these creatures before they attacked, and it looked like they were they were using proto humans as a food source. Oh, that's right. When the ritual started, and they sensed them through the veil, like Jack could see them. When the creatures started to get a sense that's because the incense gave it both ways, and there's better sense of smell, they caught it, they saw them, and then charged them, and then burst through as these couple of Aboriginal guys who happened to be in the area looking over what was going on. So there's this whole there's this whole interplay where one it's second, like one. it's like their village or their settlement yep. of where they live is located in that same place, but in you're a in a different time and dimension. And when that veil is lowered, you're now both in the same place together. So you're literally standing in the middle of their settlement, essentially. Correct. It's like a bridge. A bridge. Catherine explains that as best she can. 
Yep, Ella, you had okay. something. Um, I'm remembering the moment when um, Elroy comes through. He breaks something, and he says, oh shit, and that's why the lizards were able to attack physically, which is um, in the episode before Bridget Jeffries, which is why Elle was saying, like, it's not fixed. They're still here, and they're wandering around. So I'm not entirely sure if that's pertinent to the storyline, or if maybe I'm misremembering it or something. Nope, there's but- something that happened, but you don't know what if, whether he broke something, something went wrong with the ritual, he didn't realize they could see, but he did say, oh shit, and something did go wrong. Yeah, you're yeah. picking up on that. All right, yeah, so then so- he says, so now I'm going to say OOC as the game master, so you have time to think about this over the next week and make your final decision. This is for the team that's staying outside the cave so many feet, right, trying to protect that massive opening. You're going to need 10 successes Every single turn in order to keep them from overrunning the position. Wait, what? That means you're you're going to need 10 successes every single turn. So if Chuck gets three and burns momentum, that's great. If Yonish gets one and Charlie gets two, that's only six. You're going to need 10. For every one you fail to achieve... One will event once they close. One will vault into the cave, and that'll be Vadim and Faye's problem. I'm sorry, what? Uh, we'll, that's, we'll, after uh, they, that's after they. Oh, they're so using long. they're using the 2d20 system, aren't they? Correct. Oh, oh god, so, that's rough. W- will the? I'm sorry, uh, so, what? So passive defenses such as landmines and i got right I, I i got some like will those factor into those successes uh, early on until yeah. they're cleared right okay it's gonna buy you a few rounds right so then we just, just save gonna, momentum do... to later rounds Co- correct and if, let's hope that during those few rounds they solve the puzzle and get to the rock and get the hell out of there no pressure i'm sorry what <laughs> i'm trying i'm the trying first round, <laughs> the first round ooc both trying six, six seven eight Boom, 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 boom. It's, and all hell breaks loose. If anyone rolls a complication, oh, and that number goes up immediately by one for the next round, because they the landmines didn't go off, or they pop them, and it said another. So you're going to lay that. That's going to. It's all going to be very thematic because I can't sit here and roll a hundred shots at you. <laughs> yeah. So you're just going to be mowing down people as they're moving in, and then Vadim is going to be handling the leapers that get over the top of you into the hand to hand combat. So if you think you can afford another guy in the cave, you go right ahead. If yeah, you want him out here, bring him out here. Where is Jack and I? Hang on, hang on. Where is where is Sid? Sid is going to be with the Jack is going to be incapacitated. Yep. So Sid will be on the line with the Poltergeist team. So that's four guys. That's four people on the line trying to generate ten successes a turn once the action goes full blown. Sid will be Easy. on the Vickers. Right now. And if you take one away from the line, so that's now only three that are trying to to, to generate the ten successes with one more no in the second line. It's I don't think that's a good fine. idea. It's fine. Right. No way. Yeah. Vadim is very just so you know, and he'd make this clear to you in this conversation. He is very very strong in close quarters with uh, with small arms and brawling. Uh, he's probably the strongest in our group. Um, so he's he's really good in close quarters. So if something's getting past, he'd probably be pretty good to handle it. But he is only one person, right? Okay, I Jonas 
through his telekinesis can manipulate some automatic weapons remotely. That's <laughs> so badass. Which, <laughs> which which will be useful. But also he's developed a, a psychical attack, a mental attack, that if I don't use uh, momentum, it has to be close range. If I use momentum, two momentum, it can be but you can't Medium do multiple range. things at once, Yonish. Say you, can't again? Be, you can't be operating a Vickers remotely. No, that's, that's your... it. That's what I'm thinking. I can't do both at right. once, but uh, if they get close, like if we're in the cave, I can do some hellacious psychical damage to them with the psychic attack, mm -hmm. a mental attack. So are, are you saying, essentially, uh, if I get this right, are you saying that you should be in the cave, Faye should be on the line with uh, Charlie, Chuck, and myself? Faye is doing research with Ella, though. Yeah, I think Faye and Ella could do research. I, I think Bottom, with his firearm skills, might be better on the line. Or if I'm close to the mouth of the cave and can move in quickly, I might be able to help forestall those who are going in. So I literally am base skill when it comes to any sort of rifle or long weapon. I, it's so just I, not my thing. I am, I am a, uh, I am a back alley criminal. I'm really good with a gun and a knife. Um, but also just from an RP standpoint, uh, you guys aren't maybe familiar with this as much, but he's, he's very protective, particularly of Ella. Um, so, uh, her, you know, the two of them going into the cave, especially with Jack, because like he and Jack kind of tag team that a lot, especially if Jack is is incapacitated. I find it very hard to believe that he would leave leave them. It'd be hard. So that's yep. the point, right? We're we're here to buy them time. Buy that get them through the cave. Can you can you with your psychic abilities, um, can you take like a round to like psychically assist somehow some you know with inside the cave no uh it's mostly close range i see that i can do i can do remote viewing if i it depends on the distance uh and and how much momentum we spend which will ex extend my distance i can see what's going on which i use quite effectively on core stage shows uh um, what about um, what about Vodum's uh, um, improvised explosives? He's a very strong explosives guy as well. So um, they've brought so much stuff, Vodum. It's not going to change their numbers. I no, have no, a, but, but, I have a I have a related thought to that. Go ahead. You, you don't want to blow. What are you thinking? You don't want to blow uh, up a cave while you're in it. Well, it's a big cavern. Well, along those lines. Uh, <laughs> um, so you can't bury I, LL alive. Please I, don't. Please I, don't. I, I, I honestly, Ella, is it? Uh, I, yeah. I get it. Um, however, uh, if time is if time is what you need, uh, as a last resort, I do happen to have some um, demolition charges on me, and if we are completely overrun, perhaps I can leave the. Uh, the trigger with you guys and perhaps you know if whatever you guys are up to some sort of 
archaeological expedition is so goddamn important to you, perhaps if you like, you could choose to collapse the cave entrance and buy ourselves a little more time. Do and these, what comes after is up to you. Do these not. lizard creatures, can they pass through material objects? Is the Canadian <laughs> eating mushrooms? Um, I really do fully mean that as an absolute resort, if last resort rather, and that is, you know, how yep. is this mission more, what is more important to you is the question, the mission or your lives. And, you know, I, I understand that you guys are, uh, and no offense, but you appear to be civilians. And I understand that your lives are of utmost importance which is why I would, in that scenario, leave the trigger in your hands. Dr. Landry, you, we understand that Mr. Vita can move through time. Yes. You say that well, you can move. See. Yes. That, that's immaterial. We're all in the same timeline here at that rock. Correct. You say you can move through space. I can appear at the same moment somewhere else in space. Can you yes. move others at the same moment to somewhere else? When you say appear, do you mean actually translocate or just voyeurism, just clairvoyance? I have um, been able to shift myself. So you've um, been able to translocate? Yes, but unfortunately, um, I've never been able to take anyone with me. Yeah, what about those those doors things that you've got? Could we in, in a worst case scenario if, if 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 we completely shit the bed, what about using those doors? I mean, I know we don't want to, but that way no one's trapped alive in, in a rock. And um we've got a lot of us in our heads together if we need to face something really horrible on the other side of those doors. Let me lay this out on the doors. Yes. But there are too many variations. I could go in the door right now and come out on the other door on the other side of the world a week from now, but to me, it would seem like five minutes. That's random. I have no control over the time lapse between the doors. And I have no direct control on how far the doors are apart. If we're very lucky, and it's very close, it's very likely. The worst thing is what is between the doors and what guards the doorways. That is something that I don't know. I've never heard of Shikotal, but it sounds like something that I have heard between the doors. And we do not want to leave the doors for them to enter. That is why I am so terrified to use the doors and there are limitations as to how many people I can take between the doors it's, it's very limited I, if there's two or three yes but I, if it gets beyond that someone may be trapped for god knows what so what, what, do what not rely things? on this please what about these things I mean is there a possibility I mean I, I, I was someone who dug holes for a living um and I do have a huge engineering background. What about tunneling a back door before we do this crazy act? 
Well, do you want to? You, you want to Mr. Dig Vita into... can move us through time. We can get there days ahead and prepare everything. Um, you, you, you don't really want to dig into a possible source of power, um, Mister Poulter. That that might be dangerous and bad. It's a holy place. You might bring the natives down upon you. Let Darling, alone... the worm is still after you. It's in the box. I think it will be fine. No, Chuck, not the same thing. Sid, oh, I... Oh, more worms. Okay. I made a pact... Not a pact, per se. I spoke with a creature that was a worm, and it knew you. It wanted you. It, it knew you were alive before we did. And I don't think it's a good idea to start burying into something that it could possibly transport itself to and find you. I, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about, this worm? I don't know it anything about It knew your name. It said, about. find me Sydney Poulter. I talked oh, with it around. through the harbingers. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this, this worm thing. All right, well, it, whatever it was, it knew you, darling. And I'm not digging into something that could possibly hunt you down and steal you away again. Well, so, so the final part to this—that's excellent, Ella. Um, it does bring up the fact that the de- the the delving devourers are out there somewhere. Um, they cut through rock really quick, but this is Aluru, and it could mean other things and dangers. Um, but it all ties together through this whole campaign, right? Of these creatures looking for Sid at the certain and getting this whole monstrous thing set up at this at this at this big rock. The final thing you may want to think about, and Faye, this may take you out of the team of doing research, is the Aboriginals themselves. That they may be able to help you escape. They may be able to f- help with a certain timing, add their numbers to your numbers, but that would require someone to go there and coordinate them. And an archaeologist, anthropologist could help with that particular point. It'll make some things simpler, but it will slow the process of investigation way down. So yeah. you are left with several thoughts, Kang, and you have a week to come up with your final decision. Who's on the line? Who's on the line? We know Chuck's going to want to be on the line. We know we got a couple people, right? But you want to know who's on the line. You want to know who's protecting. If Jack is. Jack sounds like he's going to go, so you'll be able to see. Because if you didn't use Jack, they're invisible. This thing becomes a nightmare. Hmm. It's a tr- it's a horror. Well, it's a and, horror and the show. downside to that too yeah. is you're not using Jack. Jack is ten times the fighter that Sid is. Jack, right. if it moves, Jack can yeah. kill it. Jack um, is right. a walking. That's talking a long rifle machine. guy, right? Also, yeah. he's almost like, the same in pistols. Yeah. It. Ah, oh, it's true. He's very good. I'm. Out of the five Cairo people, I consider myself to be an incredibly good person in combat, and you have, and I, I, I shoot rifle, and you've completely eliminated you me shotgun. from the game. A shot, a shotgun well, rifle, same thing. Like in the, skin, in the in the skill. Cave, you could still engage for a round or two, and then turn back to monitor Jack, and then engage, and then every Cthulhu in Cairo. That's it. Yeah. with the rounds of Cthulhu. It's if you lose a round for Jack to do combat he could be dying and that much quicker. So it's a whole, I mean, and then you're all whole blind. even, even in two, even in our game, like you, you barely in action is, will be trading momentum. The momentum. We would have to use momentum to do yeah. anything else. And you're going to need all of our it basic fighting. Yeah. My, yeah. my understanding is going to be for, from the perspective of the people in the cave, once you hear the explosions stop, it's time to start worrying. 
Right. <laughs> well, we'll have radios to communicate. So it's not that far, guys. The one group's going to be about 20, 15, 20 yards outside the cave. You can scream in. You'll you'll be able to because I need they need to be close enough for the steam of Jack's blood to be able to develop the area. You know, realistically <laughs> speaking, we will have wireless radios. Yeah. But as a backup, I would recommend we take a wired radio in case some interference comes in so we can just run they can run a spool of wire behind them as a backup okay so that's where we're at gang listeners thank you so much team you've got a lot to consider um this this is is the big this is is it this is the the penultimate fight to the final chapter this sets everything up going forward um you're going to be able to hear some of this at origins though so if you're listening and you just joined us or if you're coming to the show we're super excited to have you seth sikorsky is going to join us there as well we are absolutely loving the fact that these two teams have finally gotten a chance to play together guys i thought you did a great job for a group of eight this is a lot going on um think about your role think about the timing it is vitally important to crack the code inside the cave, but what is the, at what cost? And how long can Catherine keep making rolls to keep Jack going? Because if Jack drops, you're in, you can't see anymore. Well, Jack so, drops for blind. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on everybody. Everybody's going to be so pivotal in this fight that you're all going to need to be supporting each other. And if somebody has a bad round, someone's got to jump in and help fight the thing off. It's going to be insanity, but I hope everyone's looking forward to it. I know I am. We'll see you all next time. But from all of us at Cthulhu and Cairo and don't let the handy happen, Operation Poltergeist. We'll talk to you next <laughs> let the handy happen. Cthulhu and Poltergeist. Uh, That's Cthulhu our and Poltergeist. Cthulhu and Poltergeist. Good night. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Hello. My name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They are committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the players' choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin MacLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.